Thanksgiving Day, 2022. It's another episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. My first recall of such a thing was likely watching stories about war, combat. That was a popular TV show when I was a kid. It was a show about World War II, and it aired from 1962 to 1967. You know, men would be injured in battle. Their buddies would tell them, don't worry, we're not leaving you behind. The U.S. Marines have long been known for never leaving anybody behind, even fallen comrades. Vic Morrow, he was the sergeant in the TV series Combat. He was awesome. He was Sergeant Chip Saunders. In 1982, Morrow and two children were tragically, gruesomely killed when a helicopter crashed on top of them. They were filming the movie Twilight Zone. They were on the ground. They were acting out an escape from Vietnam. And when I heard the news, I remembered all those times that I was glued to the TV, watching the TV show Combat. I'm a kid who grew up with the Vietnam War being televised. Let's talk about refusing to leave a friend behind. In 1966, I was nine years old. I bought my first record, at least it's the first one that I can remember. I'm pretty sure that this was the first record I I bought uh, with my own money. It was by a Green Beret sergeant. His name was Barry Sadler. Yeah, it was, it was a popular, it was played, it was played on the radio quite a lot. It was a ballad of the Green Berets. Known for never leaving a man behind, I was fascinated with the Green Berets. Um, and likely, as I said, because I was a kid that grew up watching the news, and the news was Vietnam. Vietnam was, for all intents and purposes, the first televised war. And the Green Berets were among the first Americans engaged in that, well, it was called a conflict early on. You know, when you're a kid and your country is embroiled in a war, it's bound to have an impact. I was not attracted to guns. I wasn't attracted to the violence. I certainly wasn't attracted to the injuries or the death. I was attracted to guys working together. I was attracted to the heroism. I was attracted to this group of people who have this single-minded focus. You know, I was most fascinated by the camaraderie the camaraderie. I had never experienced that. At least not yet. Fast forward. I would be in the fifth grade when I played on my first sports team tackle football. That's the first time I probably eh, came close to experiencing it. it. It wasn't really camaraderie. I'd never been in a spot where I had to leave a friend behind, you know, on the playground, 
I didn't leave a friend behind if I got selected to form one of the teams to do this as kids. You know, we're going to divide up into teams and we're going to pick a couple of guys or gals to be the captains and pick the teams. And if I ever was in the position to pick players, I guess that would be as close as I would ever come to having to decide, am I going to leave a friend behind or am I going to pick this friend to be on my team? Yeah, I always, I picked, I picked my friend. I read, I read this little story. I think I first saw it on some pet website about dogs because, well, I'm on the board of the Westie Foundation of America and I love dogs. So I do follow some dog kind of social media stuff. Here's how the story goes. A man and his dog were walking along a road. The man was enjoying the scenery when it suddenly occurred to him that he was dead. He remembered dying and that this dog walking beside him had been dead for years. He wondered where the road was leading them. After a while, they came to a high white stone wall along one side of the road. It looked like fine marble. At the top of a long hill, it was broken by a tall arch that glowed in the sunlight. When he was standing before it, he saw a magnificent gate in the arch that looked like mother of pearl, but the street that led to the gate looked like pure gold. He and the dog walked toward the gate. And as he got closer, he saw a man at the desk to one side. And when he was close enough, he called out, excuse me, where are we? This is heaven, sir. The man answered. Wow, would you happen to have some water? The man asked. Of course, sir. Come right in and I'll have some ice water brought right up. The man gestured and the gate began to open. Can my friend, gesturing toward the dog, come in too? The traveler asked. I'm sorry, sir, but we don't accept pets. The man thought for a moment and then he turned back toward the road, continued the way that he had been going with his dog. After another long walk and at the top of another long hill, he came to a dirt road leading through a farm gate that looked as if it had never been closed. There was no fence. As he approached the gate, he saw a man inside leaning against a tree, reading a book. Excuse me. He called to the man. Do you have any water? Yeah, sure. There's a pump over there. Come on in. How about my friend here? The traveler gestured to the dog. There should be a bowl by the pump, said the man. They went through the gate, and sure enough, there was an old-fashioned hand pump with a bowl beside it. The traveler filled the water bowl, took a long drink himself, and then gave some to the dog. And when they were full, he and the dog walked back toward the man who was standing by the tree. What do you call this place? The traveler asked. This is heaven, he answered. Well, that's confusing, the traveler said. The man down the road said that that was heaven too. Oh, you mean the place with the gold street and pearly gates? Nope. That's hell. Well, doesn't it make you mad for them to use your name like that? No, we're just happy. They screen out the folks who would leave their best friends behind. Now, never mind the theological problems of dogs going to heaven or being fooled, not knowing where real hell or real heaven is. The emphasis of the story was not lost on me. Do I want to take my best friends to heaven with me? Better yet, who would dare leave their best friend behind as they journey toward heaven? I remember seeing a story 
it's about a picture and the picture was entitled the first day of heaven. I'll, I'll put the image over in the show notes for today's episode. Just go to leaning toward wisdom.com the first day of heaven. Well, it was an image that it made me stop and think what that first day might actually be like. Now I'm such a a skeptic. I did go and look, I mean, too bad that it turned out that the painting was actually taken from a photograph of a woman's rugby team celebration. You know, it's a shame. I guess it's a shame that an image with that title, the first day of heaven was pretty much a stolen image. Today is Thanksgiving here in America, November the 24th, 2022. And it just seems fitting to consider our responsibility to others. All those years perched in front of a black and white television, watching the characters on the TV show combat grow closer together day after day, mission after mission, doc, little John cage, Kirby, all the others. I mean, they were like family. They, they were always looking out for one another. And over time I would learn firsthand the power of a group coming together as a team, supporting protecting each other, encouraging each other. I wish it had been different growing up. Oh, listen, I was, I was happy to watch this phenomenon on television, this TV show called combat. I was happy to read about it in books, but I really didn't see it firsthand. I really didn't see it to tell you the truth until I started coaching hockey professionally. I absolutely spent years working to bring people together, forging a purpose that was worth straining for. And I had attempted all of my adult life to get people to pull together. And I would tell you that mostly I succeeded, but not a hundred percent. My ideal outcome was always to get everybody on board, leave nobody behind. But, you know, there were always a few. There were just always a few who wouldn't cooperate. Contrarians who would buck anything that I might attempt to do because, well, they just didn't want to grow. They didn't want to improve. They didn't want to be part. They just wanted to show up to work day after day, do as little as possible, and just call it a day. But they almost always wound up doing more than that. They almost always wound up sabotaging the effort And I would spend a lot of time negating their effort until I could finally get rid of them. It's hard work. (laughs) The work of leaving nobody behind. But since it's Thanksgiving today, let's start with that. Let's start with gratitude. Let's start with being thankful because, well, it is the antidote for selfishness. It is the remedy for, well, it's the remedy for just so much. Refusing to leave a friend behind speaks to our selfishness. More specifically, I guess it speaks to our ability to manage or limit our selfishness. Do you work at that? Do you work at managing your self-centeredness? And if not, certainly on a day like today, you've got to be thinking about it. How do you do that? How do you manage your self-centeredness? For me, it begins with self-awareness. I'm extraordinarily tough on myself. It doesn't mean I always see things accurately. It doesn't mean that I'm always mindful of others, but I do feel fairly capable of catching myself whenever I tend to misbehave 
because I'm just constantly looking in the mirror. And when you're constantly looking in the mirror, well, you're, you're going to see an awful lot of flaws. Our strengths become our weaknesses. I've never found an exception to that, by the way. I know that it's true in my life. I'm a guy who tends to take the blame for things. It's an easy default behavior of mine. Something happens, my immediate thought is, okay, what did I do to contribute to that? And I don't mean when things go well. I mean when things don't go well. When things go well, I don't think that at all. And at the same time, I can tell you that I never think of being victimized. I've just never considered I'm a victim of this or that or them. It never crosses my mind that I'm a victim of anything other than my own idiocy or my own foolishness. And that's a good thing. It's a strength. But it creates one of the many weaknesses that I have, and that is I can be extraordinarily hard on myself. My own personal answer was to craft what I have dubbed my business philosophy, which really transcends that. It's it's really more of a life philosophy. And I did this many, many, many years ago and made it as succinct as I could. Always be honest, be competent, give more, make it right. And for me, it's about reading situations. It's about reading people. It's a heightened sense of noticing, and it just happens. This noticing stuff, it just drives my actions unless I'm too in my head and I'm too in myself that I grow complacent. And that's when my thankfulness wanes. That's when my gratitude shrinks, and I just lean too far into my circumstances. And maybe this happens for you too. You know, it's been said that it's hard to be great without being grateful. And I choose to believe that that is true, even though I'm sure there are exceptions. I mean, come on there. There have been some great athletes, for example, who have proven to be miserable human beings. But, you know, for mere mortals like us, you know, folks that don't have some exceptional athletic prowess. Um, well, Listen, I can only speak for myself. I lack exceptional prowess in really anything. So you would think gratitude would be just an easy way of life for me, wouldn't you? But man alive, the list of things for which I'm thankful is long, long, long. It is exhaustingly long. It is spectacularly long. Back on the last day of August, the 31st, I'm going to put this in the show notes for today. I want you to go and look at it. I posted a photograph that I had seen some years ago, but it, you know, how Facebook pops up memories. And this one popped up on August the 31st. And I reposted this inside the leaning toward wisdom, private Facebook group. I reposted the photograph and here's what I wrote. It was, it was first shared on social media back February, 2019. It had a viral moment at the time I shared it here inside our little group because it just seemed so perfect. All the kids touched me, but that kid in the back in a lime green shirt really got me the day I first saw it. His smirk so reminded me of grandson number three and my son, number three's dad. 
When the photo first appeared, I immediately went looking for some evidence to prove it wasn't contrived or photoshopped. How sad that I'm that cynical and skeptical these days. Nobody ever stepped forward claiming credit for having taken the picture. Bollywood actor Bowman Arani shared the picture on his Instagram handle saying, you're only as happy as you choose to be. A saying that holds true for all, for one and all. And I'm sure this selfie deserves more likes than most. I love everything about it. The little girl holding hands with a little boy in the orange tank top. The shoe seems to belong to the little boy in the striped shirt, providing the prop, the make-believe smartphone. The Mickey Mouse lime green shirt representing the happiest place on earth, Disney World. The dirt on their clothes, the impoverished surroundings, their glowing faces embracing happy imaginations only children can enjoy. Kids who, at least at this moment, are able to smile no matter what. The kid taking the imaginary selfie, performing the feat with such confidence and prowess as though he's done it a thousand times before. It crushes me every time I see it. Today it popped up in my memories, forcing me to my knees to pray for these and all little children who grow up walking barefooted on dirt floors while I lament the problems I endure in my grand life and I feel deeply ashamed happy Thanksgiving to you and yours I hope all is well and if it isn't I hope you're able to overcome or endure whatever challenges you face today I'm thankful for you giving me your time and attention and I'm thankful that some of you make leaning toward wisdom part of your life Have you ever bent down on your knees and prayed and thought, well, I'm just going to try to enumerate as many blessings as I possibly can, things that I'm thankful to God for. Yeah, I've, I've gotten just, I mean, just a short ways in and realized I, 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 there's no way, there's no way I can enumerate them all. It really is magnificent and spectacular that all is as well with us as it is. You want to see the photograph that I was referring to, just go to the website, just find the episode for Thanksgiving, refusing to leave a friend behind. These little kids appear to be, they could be in India. They could be any number of places on the planet. Five little kids. I'm staring at it right now and it just, it crushes me every single time, but it makes me thankful. My name is Randy Cantrell. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. 
the podcast Leaning Toward Wisdom, Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. Happy Thanksgiving, 2022. Greetings and welcome. Inside the Yellow Studio. Mm-hmm.